Hey, it's Greg Sykes here, and you're listening to Frequency. Welcome back, everyone, to the Frequency Podcast. Uh, Joe and I are just um, wrapping up some recording times. Uh, We're trying to fit in... um, getting together and doing some banter and sneaking it into our day jobs. Um, so far we've had a good time. We, we've been fairly, actually we've been doing this for 34 minutes and we've got a lot accomplished. Uh, usually it's 34 minutes of pre-talk before we even hit record. So we're doing well. Well, part of it is if people have been listening to us for a while, you may have noticed that here in 2017, our approach has been the banter is going to be what the banter is and we're going to enjoy it. And the banter could very well be Dan and I catching up. And we hope yeah. that you're not offended by us taking the time that you spend listening for he and I to like figure out what's going on in each other's lives and, and that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, but that means that we can be more consistent with releasing. I think the, sing- the single biggest barrier in terms of us getting episodes out is the four-hour time difference and our ability to, uh, to record together. So uh, mm-hmm. if there's ever a big gap... It's very likely that we just haven't been able to get schedules to sync, but here we are. Yeah. I I do actually think it'd be interesting to calculate how many uh, words we've typed in Google Hangouts over the number last number of years that we've been using Google Hangout to converse back and forth. Because rarely does a 24-hour period go by that we don't say something. Yeah. Uh, and usually if... If it's if it has been more than twenty four hours or whatever, and this usually would be on the weekend, that that would yeah. occur. It's a, a how you doing? Doing all right? You're not dead, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, we've never had a fight. We've never it's coming, Dan. T- it's coming. T- we've never ticked people off. It'll probably happen when we're in person. Yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We're a little bit terrified of that possibility that we're going to hate each other in real I life. I told you about but, that dream uh, I had, right? Yes. So I'll tell people. So I had a dream a couple of days ago and uh, it, for whatever reason, I, I was on a road trip. Dan had set us up to be at this conference and it was some like it was like TGC or something like that. It was some something boring. It right? was something boring and and very formal. <laughs> um, and I was like driving a, an old RV, and I and my son was with me. But in the dream, he was like two, you know, maybe one or two years old. And so, and I hadn't showered. I was wearing a shirt that was obviously not fresh. No shoes. <laughs> I was just, you know, but I was just... The no shoes thing is what still gets me. I don't I'm get sure that. I'm sure that but. people who, you know, are, are dream interpreters are going, oh, I know what that means. And, and if you want to <laughs> let me know, I'd be curious. But I'm, yeah. I, Talk to our self-care folks. Right, right. Get, get Katie Gufsison on the line. And yeah. uh, I, I, I walked up to the, the table, you know, where they you, you register. And it, it was clear that people were uncomfortable with my presence. As, as they should be uh, under those circumstances, right? Because, I mean, there's uh, these, these – uh, as I walked in, there's these, these ladies wearing dresses and, um, you know, it, it was like a Sunday morning at a very formal church setting. And you could see they were mm. whispering about who the homeless man was with his child. <laughs> and, and so I walk up to the table and the guy kind of leans back. I remember this dream very vividly. And and I say, oh, 
I'm 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 Joe Brookhouse from Frequency, and the guy goes, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Dan, yeah," and he gives me my name tag, and while everybody else has theirs printed out, and they look very, you know, like prepared or whatever, mine is like uh, with crayon. <laughs> and it's like on a scrap piece of paper with a piece of uh, clear scotch tape, right, to put it on. I'm like, what? And so I go in and as I go into the, the main assembly and there's this huge oval table. I mean, like, and there's like 300 people all around one big table, which is just ridiculous. That's weird. And you are sitting right next to the main guy, whoever the main guy is. And so I have to walk over there. And meanwhile, people are like, <laughs> what is up with this guy? And, and, um, and then I try to reach over and shake your hand and you're kind of like, Hey, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. And you said I'm, I'm in like formal outfit. Yeah. And stuff. You were wearing a black suit, white shirt. You looked a bit, excuse me, folks, like a Mormon missionary. Um, right. Uh, but you were dressed like everybody else around the table. And I'm like, I am, I am not where I should be right now. And you know, I'm, wow. I don't know what, uh, what it has to do with anything. But, uh, but <laughs> well, the, the human psyche is incredible. Yeah. How, and how we process stress and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Any, I mean, it was probably a combination of three or four things that collided in your brain. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was. Well, you know what? And it was probably right after my interview with Maddie Mullins, who, um, we were featuring this time and I'm almost sure of it because Maddie and I, um, Okay, so first of all, Maddie's a lead singer of Memphis Mayfire, a metalcore group, but he just released a solo album, uh, and uh, which is very pop, um, almost Justin Timberlake kind of style yeah. music. Um, yeah. But we talked a, a, a good chunk of the first part of the conversation was talking about challenges with anxiety and depression, and so I, I'm fairly certain that that was such a great conversation that stuck with me that that carried over into, um, to the creation of anxiety for me in my, in my dream mode. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying, I'm I, trying. That's funny. Well, and I was going to ask you, does it have anything to do with like one of your new video games on the Nintendo switch? Oh, I, well, we only have two games. Um, we have one, two switch, which is famous for all the mini games it has, including one where you, pretend to milk a cow <laughs> okay yeah. and and all the fun that that entails um actually it's a ridiculously yep. fun party game um uh and then we have uh breath of the wild the new legend of zelda game which okay uh, so those are the only two we have but um the zelda game you know there's been a lot of hype around it i'm not a video game person i don't have time i have yeah. found the time somehow to play this game because it's it's really cool. It's a really cool game. And if you guys don't have wow. it, and I know you don't, Dan, because you, um, no. you have, you, you live responsibly, whereas there's me. Um, <laughs> well, saying that my, my sons splurged and bought themselves an Xbox one. Oh, so, so they saved their money, right? They were thoughtful. About they saved it, their yeah. money. Yeah. And they, they are fully devoted to building cars and stuff in Forza Horizon three which is a, a very realistic car driving game where if you take a five liter Mustang engine and drop it in a Pinto, the car will drive like you put a five liter Mustang engine in a Pinto. Oh, that's cool. Did um, somebody just knock on your door? It's quite, no, I actually, my office is, is squished between 
the girls' washrooms and the boys' washrooms. That's awesome. So every once in a while, when they're banging to get the towels out after washing their hands, you can hear it in my office. Okay, we're, we're definitely leaving so. that in. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, Dan's I mean, recording in a stall in the men's bathroom. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I know we're, we're kind of ADD in our discussions here, but uh, um, anyways, uh, as we move along out of our crazy minds yeah. and into the world of music, um, uh, this episode is with Maddie Mullins, who is a believer, who is um, definitely has walked a journey personally, um, comes from the secular music realm. So he's definitely, um, I guess you could say, weathered as a musician. Yeah. And uh you know, a touring artist and he actually owns his own business on the side. Like he's, he's fairly involved in a number of different things. He's got things. a pomade company. And yeah. we didn't talk yeah, about like, that in interview. And, and, um, he said he would be more than happy to come back on to talk about pomade, which yeah, that's cool. <laughs> he, he's, we'll put a link to it in there in our podcast yes, post. Yeah. Um, but before I, I start rambling on another subject, why don't we dive right into the interview that Joe Brookhouse did with Maddie Mullins. Well, first of all, um, Unstoppable uh, is slated to drop on April 21st. Um, I wondered if you just take a moment and introduce us to the album, kind of where, where are you coming from with the album, what's, uh, if there's a concept behind it. Share that a bit with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that there's a common theme that carries throughout all of Christian music, and that's why I love Christian music so much. You know, um, I think every song can be so specific to you, but the reason why you know people from all around the world can connect to it is because the theme is i am weak but he is strong yeah and that's what's so awesome i mean what we get to do as christian artists is retell the greatest story ever told you know the gospel and and i mean it's so it's so relevant to so many different paths and so many different people that we can tell our story just as it is and how God intervened in our lives and it can be translated to so many other people's stories. And that's what's so magical about Christian radio. And, and that's why I'm you know so happy to be a part of it. Well, and I want to congratulate you because the, the title track unstoppable has, uh, has been performing pretty well uh, on, on the radio. And that's, that's got to feel pretty good coming out the gate uh, strong in that way. And I'm, I, I'm floored. Um, honestly, I'm floored. Like this was just supposed to be a side project for fun, yeah. you know? And, and, you know, I'm, I'm full time in the band. We do 250 days plus on the road. And, um, I just, you know, Christian music has been such a staple in my life and it's all that I listen to when I'm home. So I was so excited about trying something like this, but I had no idea that God was going to just open all these crazy doors. I mean, it, you know, we submitted that song, uh, for ads, not thinking that anybody would care because I'm a new, I'm brand new artist in this realm. Nobody knows who I am. And, and I mean, weeks before the song was even supposed to be added, so many stations started playing it. And it was just this unbelievable sign of, of God's favor in this project. And he really has been telling me ever since I started pursuing this, that he wants me to pursue it wholeheartedly, just like I do with the band. And, you know, God uses me in in heavy metal to be a light in dark places. And that's why I'm so thankful for the band, but the band's not slowing down at all. And so, you know, for, for me to pursue this project wholeheartedly as well, it just seems like 
something that's too big of a task. And, and God just keeps saying like, listen, Maddie, these songs are about me. And it's not you that's going to be impacting people's lives with this music. It's me. So just let me lead and you follow and trust me, I'll be faithful. And, and, and I'm telling you, man, it's been unbelievable. All the things that have happened. I'm sure we'll get into that later, but, um, yeah, it's just been, it's been a wild ride and I'm so thankful. I can't believe the song's doing so well. And I, I, I believe that the record is full of songs that, 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 um, that are great and, and that I'm so excited about. Uh, so I just can't wait for the record to come out April 21st. You know, it's, it, um, you just, you describing that, you know, the, the, you know, the dichotomy between metalcore and I went back and I listened to some of, of that music at juxtaposed, you know, w- with the, the very, um, the pop elements of unstoppable, but then you describing God working in that just kind of gives me chills because, you know, you definitely feel God moving in, in that, uh, in that situation. Mm, that's so awesome, man. I mean, it's, it's been like that, you know, in my earlier years, um, yeah, I got into music and, 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 and the, for, for all the wrong reasons, you know, I've always been say I've been saved since I was really young. Um, You're a PK, but you know, right? I, I, yeah, I'm a PK. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was, I, I was really interested in, in the fame and the, and, and the success and all that stuff. And, and when I finally got to this point where I had everything that I had dreamed of, I was so empty. And I mm. said, I, I, and, and that was a season in my life where, I started to experience, um, you know, anxiety and depression for the first time. I had no idea what it was yeah. and w- or where it was coming from or why it was happening. Um, and I, and I, I was crushed. I, I was crushed. Everything that I had worked for, all of this ego that I had built up was just ruined, like it, it, annihilated yeah. in one moment. And I, and I was so scared of it. And, and, and I walked through that season thinking like, God, why don't you, take this away. I know that you have the power to take this away. And you know, that it's, it's turning me into somebody that I'm not like, God, I know you're powerful enough. Take this away. And he didn't. And, uh, it was a couple of years later, um, after I had done some incredible therapy that God was so present in. Wow. Um, and, and I looked back and I realized that God was walking through that season with me every step of the way. And he was allowing those things in my life because he knew the outcome. And the outcome was that I had to reach out for him in a way that I never would have had to if I hadn't been so stripped down of all of the garbage that I built up in my life. And I I think that it's not – what I realize is that the most important parts of our life is not when we make our first million dollars or when we are sitting on the beach with a drink in our hand and looking out at, at the, at the water, you know, being beautiful. It's when we're out in the middle of the ocean and the ship starts to sink Mm. and we've got one piece of wood left to hang on to. And we reach out and we say, okay, God, 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 I need you. I know I need you. I'm so sorry. Take everything away that doesn't keep my eyes on you and, and just be my, everything. And ever since that moment, ever since that season of my life, I have, everything has changed. You know, the, with, with the band, you know, um, we put out a record called unconditional right during that season. And after that season of my life, and the whole record is just about how God was changing my life. It, I was able to talk about the, how scary panic attacks can be and everything. Cause that's easy to do in heavy music, you know? Sure, yeah. Um, and, and it was great. It's great. It's great just to talk about it because, when people hear you talk about it and they're struggling with it, it starts the healing process. When you realize that you're not alone in it, it can it opens a whole new door for you to be like, okay, well, I'm not losing my mind and I'm not going crazy. I 
there's other people that are struggling with this and, and I just need to learn more about it so that I can not be so scared of it, you know? Um, so writing songs like that was really helpful, but I wrote the record about how God was intervening and changing my life and how my eyes had been opened in a whole new way. And now, you know, so much of the Memphis Mayfire music, um, is, is just me singing about how God has changed my life. And so the two projects are polar opposite in genre, but, uh, very similar in message at this point. So I guess I want to affirm, I want to affirm Memphis Mayfire for giving you the space to explore that in which what's effectively a secular project. It is. And you know what? The guys in the band, even though most of them wouldn't, uh, you know, say they were believers or anything. It's just that I, they saw how important it was to me to, to have this newfound understanding of, of why I exist and why I have this platform to, to share music. And I think that they knew in, in the back of their minds that if, if they were to tell me I couldn't sing about Jesus, then I would have walked away. It, it, it's, all, it's all that mattered to me at that season. I'm, I'm looking around at this thousands of people that are coming out to concerts every night, and I'm realizing they're all there looking for something. They all came out because they needed an escape from something. They needed uh, something valid in their lives. They needed some concrete hope, and they were looking for it. And all these bands are not giving it to them. And I was like, well, God, give me words that gives these people what they need when they come out to these shows and and speak through me on stage. I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I don't care what happens to my reputation. If the band sinks, it's still worth it. I, I, all I want, God, is is for you to be glorified and for you to show people what you've done in my life and what you can do in their lives. And as scary as that probably is, it was and is for, for the band, you know, they know where my priorities are at this point in my life. And I don't, I don't need to go on tour like, like I did when I was a kid. I, I don't need to put out any more records. I've done so much. And, and if I'm going to keep doing it, it has to be, it has to be real. And, and, and I have to say what's on my mind. And if it can't be about, you know, what God's doing in my life, then, then I'll gladly take my, my lyrics elsewhere. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and I, I want to uh, affirm you as well that um, you really are, through your music, are fulfilling the Great Commission. You're not hiding, isolating yourself within, let's say, Christian culture, but you are pushing out there and meeting people where they are. And that's so mm. important because it, it becomes very easy to become insular. And anybody who listens to, to our show knows that that's one of my beefs, is that Christian culture becomes so insular that we we fail to find innovative ways to reach across to love people and, and learn who they are. You know what? I, I, I could, I, I agree with that to, to the utmost extent, but I can't take any credit for it. You know, like this, the, 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 the platform that God has given me and the space that I have to, to share him is were a thousand doors he opened for me that I didn't even know why he was opening them until it all, until it all unfolded, you know? And it's like this, the, everything, everything with the band, the, the, the plaques that hang on my wall and, and, and the, the sold out shows and everything, it was all part of his plan. And that's, what's so awesome about it, yeah. you know, to step back and realize, man, I worked so hard, but I had nothing to do with this, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it, when all was said and done, there's, I could have worked just as hard. And if God wouldn't have orchestrated things, it wouldn't have happened the same way. And, um, so I, I just, I sit in humility and look at what he's done and I'm just in awe. 
Well, it's the joy of being an obedient instrument, if that makes mm. any sense whatsoever. That's so good. That's so good. I was wrapping my head around that. That's so good. Yeah, I love that. I, I'm a worship leader, and uh, I recognize that I, I don't bring anything to the table but what God's given me. And it, whether he wants me to minister to five people or 500, it's not It's not for me. It's just for me to do what he wants me to do as an instrument. Well, let, let me let me, uh, let me bring up a couple of songs that really resonated with me, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. I've got three that I laid out. Maybe I should start, uh, if it makes sense, then with just the, the title track and your first single, Unstoppable, which uh, I believe was co-written with uh, Aaron Rice. It's really an irresistible track, and I hear elements of like a, a Philly soul sound and maybe even like in your delivery, some Justin Timberlake kind of pop, if if, uh, if you'll accept that. Um, of course. Now, um, is that a little bit what was behind as you're writing? Are you thinking in terms of that sound or is that elemental yeah, production? You, you know, what's funny is, is we were in that right and um we had that idea for that guitar part that kind of starts out that track you know it's like and i was like man that feels like jt like that feels like upbeat and like good yeah and uh obviously i've got all the respect in the world for for timberlake and and so i you know we we did we had that vibe from the get-go like that funky vibe and um we were really looking for for an upbeat track for the record that was gonna that was going to stand out. And, um, I would say it was like the easiest co-write I've ever done. And a lot of times that's where the greatest songs come from. You know, it, we, we were probably start to finish, you know, three hours and, and the song was done and, um, it, it just felt right. It just, the vibe felt right. And I felt like, <clears throat> you know, I mean, with everything th that's happening in the world right now with, with politics and everything else, oh, you know, like I feel like people are constantly feeling like hope is being like stripped away from them. And I wanted to write this song that was upbeat and happy that was saying, Hey, listen, it doesn't matter who's president. God is on the throne still. Not, he, God is still in control. It's his love. That's unstoppable. No matter what you feel, how, no matter how you feel, no matter what season of life you're in, God's love is unstoppable. And no matter how much culture and society tries to push Jesus out of the picture, his unstoppable love remains. And so, you know, just, just to proclaim that, you know, like through the night in the darkest time, I believe his light still shines, you know, and, and, and just, it's just an anthem for anybody that might feel like they're at the end of their rope and, and looking for something real and something concrete. Um, so yeah, yeah, that, that, that song was such a blessing to write. It was, it came together quick and it's exactly what it needs to be. Well, it's, it's hard not to smile when you hear the the guitar riff and you hear just the, the, the vibe behind it, you know, totally. sometimes when you think about, oh, you know, I'm going to speak to the hopeless, you get, you get the, the big ballad kind of thing. That's like, it's going to be okay. But this case is like, Hey dude, smile, move on. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing is like, you know, that's exactly what we are trying to capture. You know, like let's, let's give a hopeful message to a broken world but with a smile on our face, yeah. you know? And uh, we actually, uh, we shot a music video for that song a couple weeks ago, um, and it'll be out, I think, this weekend. Uh, so I'm oh, cool. pretty excited. I, I, know that, I don't know when you're airing this, it's probably irrelevant for me to say that. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's going to be out really soon. I'm going to drop a teaser for it today. And, um, you know, Jordan Feliz on the track, you yeah. know, just mind-blowing how God orchestrated things for this project. You know, I saw... Jordan perform at a, in a work show here in Nashville and he performed the river and I tweeted at him and I was like, Hey man, uh, 
you did a great job. And he tweeted back and he's like, man, that means a lot coming from you, you know, and then come to find out he's a fan of the band that I'm in because he came from heavy music too. And so, um, so we didn't know each other, but we were just, you know, connecting through social media. And then I, you know, I I commented on, on a a photo and I was like, Hey man, you better come sing on a song on my record. And, and it it was that easy, man. You know, we got each other's phone numbers and we talked and he's like, yeah, I would love to love to be a part of it. Um, and I mean, for something like that to happen and, and to work so seamlessly, I mean, I know for a fact that God orchestrated it. So it's just been incredible. That's man. very cool. You know, you spoke just a moment ago uh, about just kind of this this culture that we're living in right now where people, that just feels very heavy. Um, and so just transitioning from to a different song, you, you kick off with, a, with the song Say It All, which for me is a very timely message. And what I take from that, and I hope I got it right, is, is maybe... Um, Rather than um, let's beating each other up in social media and on these platforms, how about we allow our faith to speak to people? Did I get that right? Amen. Amen. Man, I I have not done a single other interview where people have read into these songs as well as you have. I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> like, I thank you so much for actually taking the time to like really dig into the message. That's so awesome. Um, yes, you're spot on, and uh, and yeah, everyone that has heard that song because the record's not out quite yet everyone that has heard that song is as um you know in, in my circle of, of friends and, and writers has had the same the same outlook on it and yeah i think it's i think it's a song that people could really use right now you know i've and i've talked to a lot of other artists about it uh, you probably know paul balash but yeah definitely he and i were speak uh were speaking to that you know and this was just before the election and he's just like you know i had to divorce myself of social media for a period of time or at least I needed to be very careful about how I engaged because it becomes toxic. And then when we are feeling that toxicity, how do we engage with people in love when all we can, all we feel is bile? Yeah. Oh man, it's so dirty. It's, it's so wrong. I mean, all these opinions and all of these harsh words. And it's like, man, did you not forget who actually holds the universe in their hands? Like, stop you know, stop all of the fighting and like, you can have your opinions and that's fine. But like, you know, we, we have to get back to the source, you know, this isn't the first terrible thing that's happened in the United States, you know? And, and, And it's like, somehow God has always remained in control and he will always remain in control. And, and we have to, we have to look at that. And especially as believers, like, you know, believers that are getting at each other's throats on, on the internet and everything, man, it is so sad. And it's like, we are supposed to be the church. We are supposed to be a community and, and in this together. And, and, and if you're so upset about that, let's get together and let's pray about it. You know what I mean? Like, let's do something that's actually powerful. Um, and instead of just throwing our opinions around on the internet, like children, you know, it's, and so, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been really crazy. Right. But, um, I think, I think that song will speak into that. And, and I think, I hope that people will be willing to open their ears to it. You know, me too. I'll I'll definitely, it's definitely something that, that I pray about, especially as, as again, as we think about how do we reach people who are unchurched, the way we conduct ourselves is what draws people in, not throwing rocks. 
Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, what kind of testimony does it give, you know, to say like, you know, oh, well, you know, I really, I trust God in this, and I trust God in this, and and then the next day to throw something out that's some, some you know, harsh political statement, like, I can't believe that this is happening. It's like, right. well, what are you so worried about? I thought you served a God that was bigger than all of that, you know? And uh, so, I mean, we, I, I'm so flawed. We're all so flawed, yeah. you know, but, but the moral of the story is um, is just that we are we are to find peace in in who we believe holds the universe and 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 rest in Him, and uh, and I just didn't I di- I don't feel like enough people do that, and so hopefully it'll be encouraged. I, I hope so too. Well, let's, uh, let's. I had one more song that I wanted to touch on, and it's probably my favorite on the album, um, and it's uh, "Brand New Fire." Uh, oh, cool! Yeah, um, I just felt um, from a lyrical arc, it felt very. Uh, Psalm-like, you know, in terms of starting defeated and then ultimately finding, you know, victory, peace, comfort uh, in the Father. I wondered if you could just take a a couple minutes to talk to us about the genesis of that song in particular. And that's me being very selfish. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, That's actually the only song on the record that I didn't co-write. I just that that song was what I brought to BEC and said, "Hey, I'd like to do a record. Do you guys want to sign me?" <laughs> nice. And yeah. uh, and they were like, "Yeah, totally." So so I mean, I, I like that that song. Having not been part of my co-writing process is probably the one that's the most outside of the realm of of, of Christian radio. Um, and it, and it was it was just me pouring my heart out. You know, like I'm changed. You know, um, and 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 you're right. What you said is is so right. But that was that was a song that I mean that song is kind of old to be honest. Um, I wrote it at the same time that I was writing um, "Unconditional" for for the band. Gotcha. Um, just go, going through that season of being like, man, I never realized how broken I was, and and I and I and I am. I'm so broken, and acknowledging that, but then also just proclaiming that you know that God stepped in and He changed everything. You know that that when I allowed God to to intervene in my life and to make a big change in my life. He did. And now I'm changed. And now there's this fire burning inside of me and I can't control it. And in the bridge, you know, I talk about how I, I don't deserve it, but I'm going to tell the whole world about it. Cause that's all I can do, you know? Um, so yeah, totally. Cool. I appreciate you sharing that. I just walking down the hallway here. I'm like, I am, I am changed. I'm like, okay, I got to shut up. Cause people are going to start looking that's at me awesome. funny, you know? <laughs> Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. But no, it's um, just, it's the, the, the whole album is just, uh, obviously it's a departure from metalcore, but it's not a departure from uh, your solo debut. And it's just, you know, this irresistible um, pop, but uh, I don't want people to look to hear that and say, Oh, it's shallow. Cause it's, it's really not. There's, there's a lot of depth in the lyrics. There's a lot of thoughtfulness in the arrangements Again, we mentioned Unstoppable and how it really brings in a Philly soul sound that um, you don't hear enough, in my opinion, in contemporary Christian music. And that might maybe why it's blowing up that along with God, you know, that God thing. Man, <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, it's it's so cool, man. I, I just, I feel like I jumped into this and... Uh, and I just had no idea. I just had no idea how God was going to use it. And that's how he works, man. And, and he, it's incredible that he can just take broken people and tell his story through them. And that's where I'm at. You know, it's just, it's, it's amazing. So yeah, it's the whole thing. It's been such a wild ride so far. I can't wait to see, you know, what else unfolds. I know. And it's only uh, 10 days away. I know <laughs> it's crazy. I, I, I don't, you know, I, 
I'm so attached to the record, you know, just like any artist is that, that writes an album. And, and so I would, I would just hope that people feel the same way that I do when I listen through those songs and, and just see how God works through every single one of them. And, uh, and I, it's, I, it's, I'm anticipating it, you know, and it, it's, I, I think about it pretty often. I just, I want, I want people to be blessed by the record and, and that's the goal. So, uh, and I think they will. So, uh, you've mentioned, uh, a couple of times that, uh, that co-writing was a big piece of this album. And if I recall correctly, this is kind of your first real deep dive into the world of co-writing. And I, uh, give me a sense of what you gained from that and how that may, uh, that may influence the songs that have been created here. Man, I'll tell you what, that was such a big opportunity for me to learn. I, I had never done any co-writing before, nothing for the band or anything, you know, the, there's only two of us in the band that, that write anything. So Kellen, um, our guitarist, he, you know, he writes all the instrumentals and then I write all the vocals and it's just been that way for so many years that, you know, when I started to write this new solo record, um, I just thought it was going to be that way, you know, do it, do it all on my own. And, um, Tyson from BEC, uh, which is the label that I'm signed to, he reached out and he's like, Hey man, I'd like you to try a co-writing, uh, experience. Just try, try doing one co-write and just see if you like it. If you don't like it, you don't have to do it. I just want you to see. And I, you know, I think it was my pride that was like, oh, I don't, I don't need anybody else. You know, like I, I want to do this on my own so that it was all just me and, and, and what God spoke through me. And, um, I was so ignorant <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in thinking that and saying that, um, my first co-writing experience was, I, it, it shouldn't, it, it never should have happened. It, it's such a miracle. Like it's, it's crazy. I, I showed up to this room and, uh, I walked in super nervous, like, okay, I've, I've never done this before. I, I don't know if they're going to think that I'm not a good so- songwriter cause I can't just do something right on the spot. You know, I was really nervous and, um, it was with Pete Kipley and Pete Kipley is, um, I, I didn't know about all of his, everything he had done before that day. So I just w- walked in thinking he was just another guy and come to find out, you know, he was a writer on, I can only imagine for mercy me, he produced the track as well. And he records Matthew West's albums yeah. and Phil, Wick- Phil Wickham's albums, like some of the greatest Christian records ever written. Um, just like, mind blowing. So he's telling me these things and I'm in my head, I'm thinking like, well, these are like all my favorite records. So that's awesome. Um, and then I tell him that like, I'm a Matthew West fan. And he's like, wait a minute, you're in a metal band, but you're a Matthew West fan. And I'm like, yeah. Um, so he's like, well, we got to go to Matthew West's house then. So <laughs> he puts me, he puts me in his truck and takes me to Matthew West's house and knocks on the door. And I, I, can't, I can't make this stuff up. It's the craziest day. Um, Matthew answers in basketball shorts, you know, like not, not, not expecting anybody to come over and invites us in And Pete's like, Matthew, you got to meet this kid. Um, and so he goes, yeah, tell me, tell me your story. And, and then I guess about 30 minutes later, he was intrigued and was like, well, I really want to be a part of this co-write as well. Wow. So can, can you guys postpone and, and, and I'll jump in as well. We'll do it in three days. I mean, like, man, that's for me, I didn't grow up on, Metallica, you know what I mean? So like I've toured with Metallica. We toured Australia with Metallica and it didn't mean anything to me. It was cool. Incredible opportunity. Don't get me wrong. Right, but, right. but there's no like feeling, I guess, of like starstruckness, but like with Matthew and everything, like I did, I felt that feeling like, whoa, you know, like I love your music and you've made a huge impact on my life. And, and so he, him saying he wanted to be involved in the song, like it was crazy. Um, so three days later we sat in a room, me, Pete and Matthew, and we wrote this song that 
I think is so powerful. It's called Until I Need You. And, um, yeah, it, it's just, it's, it, it was, it was a magical experience. And then I was, I called Tyson. I was like, okay, I was wrong. I was dead wrong. We need to do a lot of co-writes. Um, <laughs> and so we did, we, uh, we scheduled, you know, a bunch more. And, um, every time I went in, uh, God just showed me, Hey, you know, don't, don't, to hold on to everything so tightly. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I, these, uh, these other people have incredible gifts that I gave them that they can use to bless this record that you're going to put out, you know? And I was like, man, I have been so dead wrong. And so, yeah, it just opened my mind. And now because of all that, you know, like I've reached out to the, the band's label and been like, Hey, for future Memphis records, like I want to co-write, you know, I want to, I want to sit in the room with people because you, you leave you leave the room and you leave with this song that you don't even second guess because when you're on your own you you think you overthink it so much you're just like oh well is that part the best it can be but when you're in a room with one or two other people and you bounce those ideas off of each other and then uh, the light bulb comes on and you realize that's it that's the right spot for that part or that's the right part for that spot um it, it just it, it it it's like confirmation that that that's that's exactly what it needs to be so uh, there's just so much more comfort in the songs and and knowing that what you have is 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 a great product and um so yeah i mean it, it's been incredible the whole co-writing thing and and i loved it so much that i've started co-writing with other people for their records um and i'm going to start co-writing for another solo record soon so i can do like a hundred of them before i put out another record wow. and it's cool i mean i i live in nashville so i live in the hub of it um and all these people are flying in to do co-writes, and, and I, I'm right here and have access, direct access to it. So um, it's a big blessing. It's been a huge blessing in my life. Now, how's that going to impact your songwriting for the next uh, Memphis Mayfire album? You know, I don't know. I, I, it, that kind of music is so technical. Um, yeah. And it's so sporadic that it's hard to say, well, this person writes great hooks so we're gonna sit down with them it's like it, it's just it's such a different type of music um but i want to at least try it you know i want to at least get in the room with someone and and have them say well i think that this part can be better in these ways and and just hear them out and and let other people be a part of this music because at the end of the day the music is not about us and and our accomplishments it's about the people that impacts and if it can be a better song because you involve more people then let's do it I think that's a that's a great perspective, and I love hearing. Do you know um, Nine Lashes? Yeah, I've heard of the band. So they did something really interesting last year, and they, it was a huge backlash for them. But they pretty well known as a as a metal band in the Christian realm, and then their latest album was synth pop, very eighties driven, like completely one eighty, and people freaked out over it. But if you listen <laughs> to the albums pre, uh, previous to that, you can hear melodically and lyrically, thematically, there's a through line there. And it's, it's just a, a bit different delivery mechanism. And so when I went and listened to some of the, um, the Memphis Mayfire, I can still hear some of the same melodic sensibilities that you hear in Unstoppable. Um, mm. it's just, you know, it, again, a different delivery mechanism with metalcore, you've got those, those breaks, you know, where everything kind of drops out of it and then it comes back and hits you hard, um, that you may not going to get in a pop album, but, um, yeah, totally. But you're, and, and you're, you're so right. It's, it's, it's a different delivery. And, and I grew up listening to pop music and I love pop music. So 
naturally you're going to hear those influences even in a Memphis record, you know? And, and that, that, that's a bummer for, for nine lashes because I always encourage artists to take huge steps and, and just say, okay, this might make some people angry, but this is the kind of music that we're really passionate about writing right now. I mean, have you heard the new Lincoln park song? <laughs> it's uh no, it, I haven't. No, it, it's amazing. Um, it's, uh, it's called heavy <clears throat> and, um, it doesn't, it, it sounds like something that would be on top 40 pop radio. Like no one expected it. It was completely out of the blue. They have a female guest vocalist on it and everything. And it's like, I applaud them for doing that. One of the biggest heavy rock bands of all time. And they chose to write a pop song and put it out as the first single of their new album. <laughs> and I love it when people take those risks. And I think that, I think that people should be more open to, you know, different genres of music and, and not just box themselves in it. Listen, if it's not for you and you don't like it, that's totally fine. You don't have to listen to it. Yeah. There's a hundred other bands out there putting out records the same day. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, no but, it, but at least, you know, don't come down hard on an artist for wanting to express themselves in a different way, you know? Um, I just think it's cool. I think it's cool when people take risks. I, I do too. And I think that's what art is about. Totally. Well, let, let me ask one more. And I think this uh, lends itself very well to what we were discussing, um, different music, etc. But I wonder if you take a moment and share a guilty pleasure in terms of whether it's music, movies, TV, uh, anything that um, you, you might otherwise be embarrassed to let people know. And I think the last person I talked to um, was talking about her love for South Park. So, um, Oh, really? (laughs) Um, okay. Well, currently there's a TV show. My wife loves watching like, you know, hearted, like kind of girly TV shows like Netflix and stuff like that. And, and we both have such crazy busy lives that at the end of the day, if we get together and get to watch one episode of these shows, it's really great time that we get to spend together and it's, and it's special, but the shows that we watch are kind of funny. Um, so the last one was this, uh, this show called revenge. And it was just like, oh, yeah. I mean, it kind of looked like a soap opera. It was like so funny, you know, but like I, I ended up loving it. And now we're watching this show called heart of Dixie. And I think they're all old shows, Yeah, yeah, they are. but they're just kind of almost like, like Disney esque, just kind of, you know, like the way it's, it's, it's lit and everything just kind of looks, it's just kind of funny and cheesy, but like, that's something that we both love just ending our day that's so full of seriousness with something that's just so lighthearted and kind of stupid. <laughs> no, I get it. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just something you don't have to think about, but, um, we also watch like shows that just make us like ball our eyes out. Like this is us. That new show is oh, so yeah. crazy. I'm catching up um, on that. Yeah. My wife's like, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. I'm like, I got enough issues in my life without taking on the lives of other people that don't exist. Listen, uh, that's exactly how I feel. And so, <laughs> you know, we're, that's why, that's why those shows, those lighthearted shows are so valuable to us, but it really, it really is like that show will, will sink its claws into you and make you feel like you're a part of the family. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as music goes, I've had to train myself to not be, embarrassed of anything i listen to it's really tough to to say that it's like a guilty pleasure because i mean i'll be doing like an interview with like metal hammer magazine and like i'll tell them i grew up on jars of clay you know what i mean because i'm not gonna lie you know what i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be somebody else i'm not gonna be like oh yeah that one slayer album it really changed my life like it's not true (laughs) so you know so uh so i i'm honest and and they've never heard these band names before they're like dc what right (laughs) you know what i mean um and i just so yeah but i mean i 
I guess something that people wouldn't expect is that, you know, I do love like top 40 pop music. I think the new Bruno Mars record is like one of the greatest records that's been written in the past 10 years. Yeah. It's only nine songs long and every single song is so tasteful. And I can't, you know, in this world, it's, 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 it's important that I be careful and, and tell you guys that, of course, I don't, you know, stand behind all the lyrical content. And do I think it's going to change the world and, and have impacts on people the way that Christian music does? No, I don't, you know, because it's about money and, 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 you know, jewelry and stuff. But like right. the actual songwriting, that, that aspect of it is something I'm really passionate about. And I just think the songs are so well written and so tasteful. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I listen to everything and I watch all sorts of different shows and movies and everything. I'm kind of all over the place. I love hearing that. I think the the best way for us to improve as artists is to expose ourselves as broadly as we can and be influenced by as many things as we can. Um, and, you know, if we limit ourselves by, uh, that's the whole insular piece, right? If I, oh, I can't listen to that because I might hear a word or topically it's not what I should be listening to, but it's um, how do I reach the world? How can, totally. how can I speak to the world if I live in a completely different world? Totally. And you know, a band I think that's doing a great job at that is Hawk Nelson. They're good friends of mine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like they're always pretty matched up with like instrumentally and musically and just how fresh their vibe is. I think it's all pretty matched up with what's at Top 40. And man, I've heard some songs from the record that they're about to put out and it is so good. Yeah. It's, it is so, so good. And I can't wait for, for the world to hear it. Well, man, uh, thank you for your generosity of time because I know that we were only slated for 20 minutes and we've been going for almost an hour. Uh, and just in terms of sharing um, about yourself and about the journey of this album really, really touches me. And I really appreciate that. Oh man, Joe, seriously, it was such a pleasure and such a breath of fresh air to talk to you. It was awesome. I, I really appreciate your time as well. And hopefully we can hang out next time I'm in Portland with the band. Oh man, seriously. Cool, yeah. man. Yeah. My pleasure. It's so good to talk right, to God you. God bless, man. Best of luck with this. You too, brother. Bye. Well, thanks, Joe, for a great interview. Um, I definitely have a lot of respect for Matty Mullins. Um, you know, the way he's engaged with us on social media, the way he... Because not all artists care, uh, let's be honest. Like, even if we share an, uh, an interview with somebody, a lot of artists are just like, meh, we've moved on. Um, so I appreciate his willingness to be gracious, even with uh, when you're trying to package up the interview and, and walking through it professionally and and uh the little blips along the way that our patreon <laughs> listeners will hear um just a gracious guy um and again very versatile artist so um i'm glad we're able to catch up with him and especially since he probably has done a number of these interviews for a project that he never anticipated to take off the way that no it did. no clearly you know his response as you heard in the interview was he is completely blown away with how God has taken something that he, he, I think he, he is obediently following. He feels like it's something he's supposed to do. And God saying, I'm going to blow this up. And God gets mm -hmm. to do what he wants to do with that stuff. So he just is the, the graciousness of his response. Um, the humbleness of his response is really inspiring. And I came, I came yeah. away 
from that interview, just uh, feeling incredibly blessed by what you and I are able to do. And it's, yeah. uh, I was thinking yesterday about um, Christian music uh, or just the kind of landscape of Christian music or Christian movies. Um, well, Christian art, that's what we're about. And mm-hmm. feeling cynical, you know, feeling like, you know, uh, like if, like if, um, like Ross King's talking about putting together a podcast so he can talk about the Christian music industry from his perspective, which I think is a cool idea. Um, and you'll, oh, yeah. you'll hear more about that in the interview we've got coming with him if I haven't already released it. And um, I realized that if he wanted to talk to me, my perspective would be virtually useless because um, I have a perspective because I listen to a lot, but it doesn't mean I enjoy a lot. Yeah. And um, it's nice to talk to, and so it's easy to start to get even more cynical. And then you talk to somebody like Maddie and you go, wow, I know why we're doing this. Uh, I want to talk to more people like this. And it's really the reward that we have because more often than not, the people we talk to are incredible people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and again, it's beyond the art that they're doing. You know, I would say the relationship that we would have developed with, with Ross King or, or a number of other artists, um, you know, we're tracking with their families and tracking with, you know, their ambitions and life stuff and health issues and, um, career changes. A lot of them. I mean, if you go back in the history of our podcast, I mean, Katie Gustafson, um, you know, she's in a totally different career than we'd ever talked about when we originally interviewed her as a, as a singer artist. Um, yeah. Well, that goes, that um, goes back to all about worship. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Yeah. And, um, uh, what's his name from uh, Cutlass? Um, Oh yeah. Nick Departee. Yeah. Nick Departee, who, who actually does like graphics and art. Yeah. And Um, he runs, um, he started, he's part of a startup company called Ave, A-V-V-A-Y. And I keep needing to, meaning to talk to him about that, but it's like Airbnb, but for recording artists. So yeah, so it's a spot to go and record and have yeah. time alone. Basically, he's an entrepreneur, man, yeah. and uh, so not just he's no longer the lead guitar player. He still plays guitar, you know, and he still writes songs. Yeah. But he's very diverse. Yeah, yeah, and he's a West Coaster, so he's near you. So yeah, very uh, near me. Yeah, twenty minutes. So <laughs> close. I enough, run into yeah. him at the mall every once in a while. Did I tell you that? I'll no. be wandering around a mall in uh, Tualatin, which is a nearby town. And I'll see Nick and his wife and his little and his boy there, and I'll be like Nick, and he'll come over and he's six four, uh, and he yeah. just bear hug me. And how cool is that? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a huge blessing for us to be able to connect with folks. Um, and our hope and recognition is that people sense that it's community. That's the yeah. reason why they can connect with us. That we're connectors for other people, and we've been able to do that with other artists like Amy Savin and have some some one on one time with people. So. Because we're a charity, we want to pass that that option on to artists throughout, you know, their careers to be able to link them up with other people, even if it's just to see a co-write happen, yeah, yeah. where pe- people may have not known each other otherwise. So that's still something that I'd love to uh, encourage and uh, send people in different directions than they would normally have gone, whether Canada or U.S. So, but let's wrap up, Joe. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my uh, my time gotta... in this conference room, I have two minutes left and I can see people already lining up outside 
wondering why this idiot's on a microphone. So yeah, let's wrap this up. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, uh, connect with us on uh, Patreon. Um, Support us from a dollar all the way up to whatever you want to support us. Um, But always on social media, Frequency.fm and Frequency.fm on Twitter. And we'd love to hear from you. And we will talk to you again very soon. God bless.